Hello, hello. Welcome to this episode of the Rogers Radio Podcast. Thanks for listening today. You're going to be excited because I have a very strong leader with us today, a very powerful leader in our community and someone that has been in multiple leadership uh, positions throughout her career. Let me introduce Petrina Carter, President and CEO of Tri-County Community Action. Welcome. Well, thank you for having me, Alyssa. I'm so excited about being with you this morning. I'm excited to have you. And I, you know, was reading about your, you know, a little bit of your journey um, that you have on the website. And I was just in awe about all of the leadership positions that you've had, all of the organizations that you give back to and, and, you know, give your time to. And I can't wait to hear more about that because it's... I just look up to you for that. And um, so I want to start with kind of give us an idea of your background and what led you to become the president and CEO of Tri-County Community Action. Well, when I look back, it all seems like it culminated to me being where I am today, but yeah. it was not a plan of action. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went to school um and got my, I actually went to school right from high school. Yeah. And unfortunately, I did not major in anything except partying, which was not a good thing. <laughs> hey, I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I, I just, in my third year, I decided, you know, I don't want to do this. Right. And so I ended up going back home and getting married and yeah. having children. And when my girls were getting older, I was wanted to get them out of the city. We were living in New York City at the mm -hmm. time. And we had come to Danville, Virginia, mm -hmm. um, the place where every summer I would come down for um, to stay with my uncle for the summer. Okay. And I remember standing on his porch and saying, I can't wait until I'm grown. I'm never coming here again. <laughs> <laughs> Fast forward. Yeah. <laughs> never tell the Lord what you are or aren't going to do. Absolutely. So he has a great sense of humor. But um, wanted to get the girls out the city. The city of New York was going through uh, a budget crisis. Mm -hmm. I was a vested employee. They would buy right. my job back. It was perfect timing. We moved down to, to Danville. Mm -hmm. And I would always tell my daughters, you have to go to college. You got to get good grades. You got to go to college. It's very important. And my daughter said to me, so innocently, mommy, do you have a college degree? Oh, yeah. <laughs> And I was like, okay, so it's time for me to go back to school. Oh, and so I, I love went that. And enrolled in at um, sociology program at UNCG. Yeah. And got my bachelor's degree, and then later went on to get my master's in training and development. Look at that! Mm -hmm. That is amazing, and and such an inspiration, you know, and yeah. what our kids can push us to do, and Absolutely. you know, what is it? You know, I you're in New York City. What is it about Danville 
that made you want to come back? Because you did want to. No, I didn't. <laughs> so what is it that intrigued you to come to Danville? Well, um, we had come down for the family reunion. The mm-hmm. oldest member in the family was in Danville, my yeah. uncle. And so we came down. And so now I'm looking from a different perspective because at the time we were looking to buy a house in upstate New York. Uh-huh. And the houses that we were able to afford right. in upstate New York compared to what we could afford in Danville, Virginia, it just made sense. Yeah. You know, then the next year when they said the buyout, this is the time. This is a once in a lifetime chance to get my girls out of the city. Mm. I have four daughters. I wanted them out of the city. And, you know, I was not, I was a, I am a recovered helicopter mom. So... (laughs) (laughs) It's easier to hover in Danville, Virginia yeah. than it is in New York City. So. I'm going to need some advice from you on that. <laughs> I have a daughter myself um, and seem to be a helicopter mom at times. Um, so you move to Danville. You you get your degree. What is next? What you know? did you think you wanted to do and, and kind of what led you to your position now? So I was um, at the city of um, New York, I worked in social services. Uh-huh. So coming down here, I went to the social service building. I was with one of my cousins and I said, that's where I'm going to work. Yeah. And they were like, oh, they offered you a job. I said, oh, no, they didn't get the memo yet. That's where <laughs> oh, I'm I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so I um, then uh, applied. And, and this is a thing that I often tell young people yeah. is sometimes you have to go more than one time. I applied to social services in Danville three times before well, I was hired. Right. And had I turned away, um, mm-hmm. dejected, it would have, I don't know where I would have ended oh, up. Um, yeah. But I said I was going to work in social services, and that's what I ended up doing. And so I went to social services, uh, and I worked there and in eligibility. Then I moved to employment services. And from there, um, a position opened at Danville, Pennsylvania Community Services. Mm-hmm. Um, and community is what I've been about. That's what, even with my children, I would be involved in the schools just to know what's happening in their life. I would yeah. always tell the teachers, you know, it's a three-way partnership. Me, you, and the child, we all work together for success. Right. And so I always look to the teacher as my partner yeah. in helping to get the best education for my girls. And um, so I ended up going to community services and my office was located in the housing development. I was in one of the wow. apartments. And so I worked where they lived and where they played. And so I really saw people at their best and yeah. at their worst um, and was really able to help to relate to them um, the importance of them being in charge of their own lives. Mm, powerful. Uh, and, you know, initially, you, when I first got into that community, uh, it would be, my office was 500 steps away from some of their front doors. They would not come to my office. Wow. So I was like, okay, well, you won't come to me. I will come to you. Good for you. Yes. <laughs> I will come to you. And I never forget doing an interview with one of my um, residents. And she was like, look, Ms. Carter, I worked 
all night. I just got home. If you want to talk to me, I'm going to be in the bed. I said, well, move over. I'll sit on the Oh, bed. I love that. <laughs> I sat on the end of her bed and I spoke with her. And so um, two days later, she came to my office. She said, the fact that you would actually sit on my bed to try to give me the information, I think that I need to find more about your program. Yes. So, um, that's just the passion that I've always had for the work that I do. Yeah. And, and so that's... Passion is what I'm hearing and, you know, persistence and, mm -hmm. and the caring nature that you have. And I truly believe that makes great leaders is having all of those qualities. And, and I want to know if, you know, it sounds like you've always been a leader. And do you feel like you always wanted to be in a leadership position? Or is this just something that happened because of your persistence and, and your caring nature? I think um, I would probably say I am more, I would prefer to be behind the scenes yeah. doing the work, getting the things done. Um, my friends would probably say, but I want it done the way I want it done. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that leadership is there yeah. in, in that regard. Um, and I just, if I see something that there's a, a need, then I'm always wondering, like, how how can I fix that? How can mm -hmm. I help with that? Um, what? Why isn't the community seeing this? Isn't it? Oh, visionary. This? Yeah. So, um, I guess yeah. It it's been there all the time. Um, and one thing that I've always done is read a lot. Ooh. Um, mm -hmm. And so. If I'm in a, a building and I'm just standing waiting for some, someone to come and get me to take me somewhere else, I'm reading all of the posters on the wall. I'm yeah. reading. I'm always interested in what's happening around me. Um, and I think that comes from uh, when we grew up, my grandmother was really strict. Uh, and so it was me, my sister, and my cousin. And so we had to create mm. um, things. And so we would get books and we would act them out and we would act out songs and and so um it was always reading we read a lot and yeah. i did not realize um we always had encyclopedias um in the house and we would read those and wow. figure out where we were in new york compared to other places so th those things i think innately just always had my eye open to the next opportunity. I love that. Um, and so. I love that. And you you lead a lot of people, and I know you just said, you know, you kind of like to be in the background, but others wouldn't say that. And so what do you feel your leadership style is? My leadership style is really um, engagement. Yeah. I, I, I cannot do it by myself. Mm. I could never do a good thing to know. what we do by myself. Right. And so I'm always engaging with my leadership team. How do we do this? This is what I'm thinking. What do you all think? Um, you know, sometimes they're like, please, no more ideas. <laughs> <laughs> no more ideas, please. But um, they, they really get engaged and they really take a lot of the things that I think of and they're like, this is how this would work best. And mm -hmm. this, because they are the experts, their people are, the people who work the front lines, their expertise. I tell everyone at the agency, I need your vantage point. 
I will never see the agency from your vantage Ooh, point. Oh, I love that. So it's important that all of that's in play when we're deciding what our next move mm. is. So powerful. I hope all of you are writing this down because that is great advice. And I want to know, you gave a little bit of advice at the beginning of, you know, what you would tell young people and to be persistent in, in what they want. What, um, would you give any other advice to, to someone that's just starting their career, just graduating or, or they're in their career and they don't know where they want to go? What advice would you give them? Relax. Mm. Relax. And enjoy the space that you're in. Sometimes we are so looking forward to what we're going to do next. What's the next thing? Mm -hmm. We, one, never celebrate the things that we have accomplished. Oh, yes. So many people graduate from college and they're so busy looking for the next job. Where's my job going to be? Where am I going to be? They never even take time to say, I did that. I actually completed my college degree. I did that. And so really relax, enjoy the space you're in, Mm -hmm. because then you'll be a lot more um, open to ideas, opportunities, and people will probably like you better because you're relaxed. (laughs) That is great advice. And I think that goes for everyone in life. I mean, we, you're right. We do not celebrate the accomplishments and life goes so fast. And I think that is the best advice we've received on this podcast since I've started it. So thank you for that. Um, What does it mean to you to be looked at as a role model, a leader in this community and to those around you because you do have a lot of people looking up to you. And what does that mean to you? I, I, you know, I never really think of myself in that, in that way. Um, I just always remember, um, my grandmother, my grandmother, when we would leave home, she would say, and remember, you represent the Carters. And, uh-huh. you know, it's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I guess I better, she better not get a bad report. Yeah. <laughs> and so as my daughters would grow up, I would, um, I would one, wake them up in the mornings, always saying, um, today is going to be a great day. I love it. And I wouldn't leave their room until they said it back to me and they had to say it with vibrance because I think we create our reality. And so I want people to understand that you create your reality. Don't be a passenger in your life. You have to get in that steering seat. And so um, I want people to know, you know, the passion that I have for community. Um, I, I just truly believe that we are only as strong as the weakest person in our mm. community. And if we're not concerned with every part of our community, then we're not playing the best part mm-hmm. that we could. Mm-hmm. So um, when people look up to me, I would just hope um, that they see that genuinely I, I'm i a good person mm-hmm. um, who, and, and I don't want I struggle with as a woman, mm-hmm. um, you know, the fairy tales. I say they, we should take all fairy tales out of school. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't women, especially, to go around feeling like they have to pretend 
to be something that they're not. Oh, yes. Um, in order to be liked. Because I don't get up every day and say, well, who's going to like me today? Because no matter what you do, some people are going to like it and some people mm. are not. Yes. And so if you live your life looking for Facebook likes, mm. that's, that's, that's a miserable place. Absolutely. That's a miserable place because you can't satisfy people. But within yourself, knowing that I'm a good person. Right. That whenever I'm doing something, I'm always trying to do it for the betterment of others and not thinking solely about myself. Wow. So. Yes. What lesson have you, what is one lesson you've learned through this journey that you take with you every day? I think that my voice matters. Oh, yes. My voice matters. And so it does. I have to um, ensure that when I go into spaces mm -hmm. that I always remember there's someone who won't be in that space mm -hmm. whose voice also matters. Oh. And so I have to not just speak for me, but I have to speak for those who will never walk in that mm. room. Wow. Mic drop. That is so powerful. And I keep saying that, but I truly feel that right now. And I want to know, you know, what motto do you live by? I, you know, I used to say, do unto others as you <laughs> want done unto you. But um, be better to people than they are to you. Yeah. Be yeah. better. Yes. Be better. Yes. Uh, we're very goal-oriented at Rogers, and we love to talk about our goals and what we're achieving, and, and we cheer each other on and, and try to celebrate when we achieve them. So I want to know what your current goals are and what you're trying to achieve right now. Transforming communities. Mm -hmm. Transforming communities. And so one of the big projects that we're working on is the West Side um, trailer park. Yeah. Um, and that is because when I went there for the first time, yeah, it was not, um, it was not good mm. that any part of this community and that was in 2020 would have to live oh. in those, um, conditions. Um, some of the, um, trailers, were wonderful. You would go in and you would not know that you were in a trailer park. Right. But even if inside was good, mm -hmm. they couldn't send their kids outside to play. Wow. There was no where to play. And so um, really partnership and collaborating and talking with the town manager. Yeah. Um, and now we have this, this big project underway where we're going to transform that whole community and we're not just building houses, but we're rebuilding a community. How fantastic. I am excited. And what is the timeline for that? That's very exciting. We should be um, breaking ground early part of 2023, and hopefully houses will be up. Um, but you'll start to see houses mm -hmm. coming out the ground in 2024. 
yeah. How amazing that will be for our community. And to be able to do that for our community is Absolutely. just so powerful. I I think that's fantastic. Absolutely. I can't wait to see the progression of that. Yeah. And, you know, shifting gears a little bit. Because I did not know that you had four daughters. Oh, yes. And I have one daughter that's four. And um, it... it and it's a, it's a lot of work with one. How did you do it with four of them? And it just sounds like you were just, you know, leading them in the right direction. And I can only imagine how strong they are. So tell me, how, what was that like? It, um, I sometimes say, how did I ever fit four children into this life of mine? Right. Like, how <laughs> to be and, tough. You know, even though when the girls were home, I, I, I used to volunteer. I, um, volunteered at the domestic violence shelter. Yeah. And that's when uh, it was back when we had beepers. Mm-hmm. And so we, we would be in the middle of an activity and my beeper would go off and that meant I had to get to a call. And, yeah. And um, so I, it, it just was, they were my um, project. You, yes. So I would be, Involved in the school, I had a daughter who did band from eighth grade until twelfth grade, and being a band mom is a whole <laughs> all by itself. Another one that was in track and yeah. um, volleyball, and so um, that's where I learned you have to be present in the moment and planning. You have to plan real, real a whole lot of things to be able to cover. But it was really important to me that my girls were able to feel um, like they were a part of mm-hmm. their education. And um, sometimes um, I've been told, I was told by one of the teachers, I think you're pushing them too far. Mm. And I said, well, you know, if I push them to the moon and they end up in the clouds, it's okay. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's okay. So, um, you know, fast forward, um, my daughters have graduated from universities all across the country, from Virginia Commonwealth University, Spelman College, Berkeley University, Harvard University, Um, you know, so it it was well worth it. And I believe that, and they all went to public education, Mm -hmm. public school. Mm -hmm. So a public education is worth it. But as parents, we have to be a part of it. Mm. It's a three-way circle. And, Mm. you know, I used to hate science projects because, you know, some parents are really good at that. And you know those (laughs) parents are doing them. (laughs) I wasn't good at that. (laughs) I'm going to struggle too. (laughs) But um, I would work with them and they'd be like, Mommy, that's okay. That's okay. Daddy will help us with this. So it it, um, it 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 was a joy, um, and yeah. so now I have three grandbabies, oh, and good. so and yes. they tell me you did not, you were not like that with us. Mm. You were not like yes. that with us. Well, now I have a new job, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I always tell them, um, you know, well they are grander. Oh, yes, you're right. Well, congratulations on that because that's no small feat. And you sounds like you've done a wonderful job. And 
and you do so much and you mentioned you know having to juggle it all when they were growing up and in all of the programs and extracurriculars and and now um that you're in your career and you're involved in so many organizations and you volunteer your time to so many places and and work so hard how do you juggle it all well I don't require a lot of sleep. Thank oh, you. <laughs> good. Um, I, you, you know, I, I have to plan. I have to write everything mm-hmm. down. I say, my, if it's not written, it's not going to happen. Okay. <laughs> if it's not written, it's not going to happen. And sometimes you just can't do everything. And as full as my life is with just Tri-County and yeah. volunteering, and then I have the nerve to run for city council in Danville. But I have to be involved in those things that I think are going to make the communities that I live, work, and play in mm-hmm. better. Yes. Uh, and so um, it's, I think I enjoy, you have to enjoy what you do. Yes. I think that's a, a really important thing. Um, and if you're not enjoying what you do, what you trade a day of your life for every day, then you really need to really rethink. Because, you know, after COVID, it doesn't matter what your age is. We all know how precious life is. And so each day you go to a job or volunteer Mm -hmm. with, it has to have some meaning other than, well, I'm gonna get paid. Yeah. Okay, but it's a day of your life. It's a day of your life. I can hear it. This entire conversation, we've never had a sit down conversation yeah. until today. And, and you know, I, I just feel it from you and that energy of you love what you're doing and you wouldn't want to be doing anything else. And, and so I want to give you a moment to tell us all of the things that are going on at Tri-County Community Action Agency. I want to know anything that you want the community to know about. This is your chance. Well, I truly hope that this is not the first time that you've heard of Tri-County Community Action Agency because we are a repository of so many resources Mm -hmm. to help in this community. We have the Head Start classes. We um, educate three and four-year-olds. And what's special about Head Start is the parent piece. We engage with our parents and they... we. I often say we're not only training the children for school, we're training the parents for school mm-hmm. and getting them used mm-hmm. to being away from their babies and oh, yeah. but also being involved and engaged. And we send um, assignments home for the parents and we're talking to them through um, R- Ready Rosie to give them assignments to work with their children and getting them in, ready to help and be that extra teacher for their child. So we love the Head Start program. We have, it's getting ready to get cold. We have the weatherization program. Mm -hmm. Weatherization is fantastic. They go in and they help to ensure that your cold air is not coming in in the winter and your cool air in the summer Mm -hmm. is not going out. Right. Uh, And so that's a, a, a program that a lot of people seek out. And then this is October. It is Domestic Violence Awareness Mm. Month. And we have a domestic violence program and a shelter. Mm -hmm. And our shelter is located in Halifax County. Um, It is, of course, we don't tell the address of it because it is a safe house for 
women who are in abusive situations. Yeah. And so even if women don't need shelter, we have other supports for women who find themselves in abusive situations. And so we know that um, it's a silent killer of women. And whenever I'm in a room, I'm like, one in four women in this room have been in an abusive mm. situation mm. and so in their lifetime. And so we want to make sure that we are there in the community and people know that we're here to help um, because women are dying. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so we also have um, utility assistance, rental assistance. Um, those programs are needed in the community. Yeah. There are a lot of people who are struggling right now. We have a food bank that we run also here in the community. Um, one thing that we're going to be doing on November 10th yes. is a community resource fair. Okay. And we're going to be doing that at Washington Coleman Community Center from 2 to 6 on November 10th. And that is bringing all of community partners together so that people will know all of the different resources that are available, not only through Tri-County, but through the other partners in the area. We're going to even have financial institutions there to talk about financial literacy and helping people to understand um, how they can get assistance from fi um, financial institutions in the area. That's fantastic. Yeah. Lots going on. And, and just, I want to say thank you for everything that you do. And, and I'm going to tell you this over and over again during this conversation, <laughs> because I am just in awe of you. And you. I feel so honored that you're here. And we always um, ask this this question. My favorite question of all is, if you could have dinner with one living person outside of your family, who would it be? Um, Whether you know them or not. Yeah, I'm not sure if it would be Michelle or Barack. It yeah. would be one of them. Um, I'm thinking Michelle because, you know, she would be the female perspective. Yes. I think she's just awesome. I think I that's really, great. Um, and it's not about politics. It's just no. she's just an awesome person. And her passion and what she gets involved in, it just really shows. And so I would love to have dinner with Michelle because... I'm sure she doesn't even realize that she's just dropping nuggets. Yes. After nugget after nugget. And so I would I would love um to to have dinner with Michelle Obama. On the path that you're on, I can see that actually happening one day. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is going to happen. We have to speak it into existence, we right? Speak it. Yes, we will be having dinner with Michelle. Yes. So it's not that you want to, you will be having <laughs> dinner with Michelle Absolutely. Obama one day. And I cannot wait to talk about what um, your experience with that when you do. You will be the first. Thank you. <laughs> you will be the first on air personality I speak to. Thank you. And uh, again, I appreciate your time. I look up to you for everything you're doing in the community, and I know so many appreciate it. And all of the great things that you're doing, I can't wait to see them come to fruition, especially, you know, the Westside Village Project. And I um, just really, really thank you so much for being here today. Well, thank you for having me. You could have thought of so many other people no. to have, but I do appreciate it, and I thank you 
for thinking of me and Tri-County Community Action Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you everyone for listening today. I hope you are inspired after this conversation because I sure am. And when I said in the beginning that we had a powerful and strong leader, I really meant it. And I, I know that, you know, you see that now and I see that and I can't wait to see everything that she does and helping our community because that's what we're here for is to make an impact on our community and help each other out. So thank you again. Please continue providing your feedback on every episode and rate review and subscribe. And I can't wait to talk to you next week on the Rogers radio podcast.